Good morning, Clearwater Church. Today's message is titled, oh, that's in the way there. How else will they hear? When you hear of the word evangelist, who do you think of? Perhaps most of you are thinking Billy Graham. And if you don't know who that is, let me give you some background in his life because it is remarkable. Uh, this guy has been uh, estimated preached to over 215 million people in live audiences alone, and that's over 185 countries. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And praise God that our salvation doesn't rest on the number of people we evangelize to or be in big trouble. Uh, it is said that Graham has been credited with preaching to more people than anyone else in history, not counting the additional millions that he's preached to through um, TV and radio and other avenues. Um, so clearly we see Billy Graham embodies this definition of evangelist. So let me pry a bit deeper. What about Billy Graham's life makes us think that he is an evangelist? Is it the 215 million people, the 185 countries, the many crusades he's led, maybe the TV show, the radio? And, and an even better question that the Lord has really brought to my attention through this was, at what point did Billy Graham become an evangelist? Romans 10, 8 through 9 tells us, The word is near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Billy Graham did not become an evangelist when he first led his crusade, or when he proclaimed the gospel to the millionth person, but rather when he called upon the name of the Lord to save him from his sins, flooding his heart with the message of the gospel and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that leads us to ask, do you believe you are an evangelist? Because biblically speaking, if you've declared that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he's raised him from the dead, you have been equipped by God himself to evangelize the good news of Jesus Christ to all nations. Let us pray. Uh, Father, what a marvelous mystery it is that you have filled our hearts with such good news. And Lord, may we just be in awe, Lord, that we were once in darkness, God, slaves to sin, and now you have offered us eternal life through your son, Jesus, and May we have such a, a hopeful message to proclaim, Lord, and I pray that we are stirred today by your text, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, may you minister to each, to each of us so uniquely, and may you give us a heart, Lord, to make your great name known, even if it costs us our life, Father, because you've given us yours. <laughs> and so we just pray over this time, Lord, for your glory and for your honor. Amen. I want to begin by reminding us of Jesus' promise that at the end of days there will be a multitude of people from every tribe, nation, and tongue. In Revelation 7, 9 through 10, we see this promise. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, 
standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. It's a beautiful picture, and that's exactly what we're praying into this week and hopefully the rest of our days here on earth. And since we have this promise to redeem people, his promise is to redeem from all nations, what is holding us back from fulfilling this promise? And so I want to talk about two complications to this. And the first one is, man, we've bought into the lie that evangelism, evangelists and preachers are only for those with certain titles and positions. Yet we see throughout history that many of the most effective evangelists had no title or position of any sort. And in addition, there is an adversary that prowls around like a lion, and he directly opposes this mission of God and his redemptive plan, because he knows how it's going to end, and he loses. And so because of these two complications, there's an estimated 7,000 unreached people groups according to the Joshua Project. So knowing that, what I want to do do today is this. Outline from Scripture God's redemptive plan and then our role in it. Let's dig in. We start in Romans 10, uh, starting in verse 14. If you would like to turn your Bibles to that. It's also going to be up on the screen here. Romans 10, starting in verse 14, we read, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him on whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And in verse 17 it says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. People all around the world, all around our state, all around our city, everyone in this room, actually, is in desperate need of the gospel. In fact, we never grow beyond the, the gospel, but we actually just grow deeper in need of it. And what we see from Romans 10 here is that we all need to hear it so we can believe it. But how else are we going to hear it unless it is preached? Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Interestingly enough, Paul's argument here in Romans 10 is kind of a different order. So he actually starts with the effect and finishes and ends with the cause. And so the cause of this text is triggered by being sent, which is my first point that I want to make. We are all sent. Looking back at verse 15, it says, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? What would it take for you to believe that you have been sent by God to preach the good news of Jesus? Do you need a degree? Do you need a board of elders, a title? Jesus, in Luke 4, 43, says about himself, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. It's a profound statement Jesus says here because he's saying, This is what I came for, for this purpose. 
And if God has sent him for that purpose, then we as his followers are sent for, aren't we sent for this purpose also? Jesus actually answers this question for us as well in Luke 9 as he calls his disciples to himself. Luke 9, 1 through 2, he said, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Both Jesus and Paul confirm that every single person who has proclaimed Jesus as Lord has been sent to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to all nations. None of us are exempt from this. Once we are sent, we preach. This brings us to my second point. We are all preachers. Verse 14 says, And how are they to hear without someone preaching? If we don't establish our definition of preaching from the Bible, we may find ourselves saying in our own hearts, I'm no preacher. So clearly I am free from this, from this challenge. Oh, how grave of a tragedy that would be. The Greek word for preach is the same word for evangelize, which simply means to announce or proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Yet we have allowed our culture to define this word as a title for only a select few. So I plead with you to hear me. God has equipped every single one of us who are in Christ Jesus to be preachers, evangelists, proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nowhere in the Bible does it mention additional requirements of titles and positions to do so. We have all the permission we need from Jesus himself. Did he not say, go and make disciples of all nations? So once we preach, people hear, believe, and then call on the Lord. And this brings me to my third point. People are desperate to hear. There is a very catchy phrase that has circulated around the Christian culture for many years that says, wherever you go, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. <laughs> While I understand that there's an importance to our actions and our deeds in validating our faith, may we never think we are pardoned from proclaiming the gospel with our words, with our mouths. And God's taught me this so beautifully, but people don't come to believe the good news of Jesus because I give money away. People don't believe because I love the homeless. Not even if I stand up here and act like a preacher do people come to believe in Jesus Christ. People come to believe in Jesus Christ only because someone has preached to them through writing or speaking, period. And this is how our holy and perfect God has designed to advance his redemptive plan to all nations. And this is the case Paul is making, clearly, in Romans 10, 14. He says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not yet heard? You know, sometimes we can read the Bible and think it's super deep and metaphorical, but not here. Paul is using elementary teaching so that we would understand something. The gospel must be heard through one's ears so they can believe and then call upon the name of the Lord. 
which means someone needs to speak with their mouth. So in summary of Romans 10 in this text, we see that God advances his gospel by sending us to preach the word of Christ so people hear, they believe, and they call on his name. What a privilege we have been given by God. It would be uncharacteristic of me to preach through a message on evangelism and just talk theology. I have personally experienced incalculable benefits and blessings in practicing evangelism. It has radically transformed my life, and I really want it to radically transform yours too. But the crazy thing is is that um, it took me many years to actually proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with my own mouth. And it really baffles me. How did I live so many years of my life following Christ without having proclaimed the very gospel that saved me from my sins? Well, it's for the same reasons I mentioned earlier. I bought into the lie that evangelism wasn't my role. And the adversary had caged me with fear and insecurity. But thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus. And I want to share a small testimony to encourage you all of the amazing benefits of taking seriously this call of evangelizing to all peoples. A few years ago, I was uh, working for our own uh, Alec Paul over here. And uh, as I was returning from my lunch break, uh, I had just walked somewhere in Midtown, and um, right outside our office building, I came across a man in deep despair, sitting, uh, sitting on the steps. And uh, his name was Craig, and he was a native Alaskan that appeared to be homeless and intoxicated. And so I felt the Spirit of God just draw me towards him. So I went over to him and asked a really spiritual question, um, I said, are you okay? <laughs> oh, man. He looked up to me, and deep in his eyes was immense sorrow and pain. Uh, his grandma, whom he loved deeply, had just died. And she had been this pillar of biblical truth uh, in his life, and now she was gone. And it was so evident to me in that moment that, man, this guy needs the gospel. I mean, what else penetrates and goes to that depth of the heart? There's nothing. And in that time, I had to decide, am I going to love this man, this stranger, enough to verbally speak into that and into him with the gospel? And I, man, I wish I could recount everything that happened in that following 20 or 30 minutes. But what I must share with you is the time of prayer that we had. Um, what else do you do? I, don't, I didn't know where else to turn. And so I laid my hands on him. And prayed to the Lord on high on his behalf. And I just prayed with such earnestness and passion. And uh, during, during that time of prayer, I felt God inspired me to pray Romans 10.9 over him. Which says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And for perhaps the first time in my life, I witness a man, a, a soul, cry out to Jesus with no reservation and proclaim him as Lord. That was just such a beautiful thing. And to this day, I, I am brought to tears when I recount this story. 
there is just nothing more life-giving than witnessing God transform hearts before your eyes and use us, use me to do that as his vessel. And this is exactly what God invites each of us into. He wants to show us his glory. And he desires that we actually see it for ourselves and no longer just from hearing about it from some distant book or memory. And just don't be satisfied from hearing it from me. But may you press in and experience the wonder of God through evangelizing. Paul wrote to Timothy, Um, to do the work of an evangelist. And as God has personally taken me down this road, I've learned a lot. And um, there's two practical things I just wanted to share with you. Uh, Number one, evangelism must be inspired by love. In his book, The Explicit Gospel, Matt Chandler writes, the single most loving act we can do is share the good news of Jesus Christ that God saves sinners. I found that my love for evangelism is directly proportionate to my recognition of my own brokenness. I mean, do you recall what life was like while you were enslaved to sin? Or perhaps you're still in it right now. I mean, the hopelessness, the despair, the bondage, the unrestrained addiction, the love of money, the selfishness, the anger, the hatred, And I mean, for me personally and for us all, man, we can forget that I once walked in utter darkness and was actually a slave to sin. And when we understand the depth and severity of our own sin, we will evangelize to others because we realize the the gravity of sin and its eternal implications. But if I am apathetic about God's forgiveness to me, I will surely be apathetic about telling others. Preaching the good news of Jesus Christ is way too hard. And it's terrifying. And if it's inspired just by our own strength, we won't do it. We need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But when we are underwhelmed by God's mercy poured out onto us, we will not respond to this eternally significant call. Um, just my second point is, a, is a, an evangelist is not something I become, but who I am in Christ. In Isaiah 61, we see a prophecy spoken about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's about what he's coming to do here on earth. And because of the Holy Spirit now dwelling in us, this prophecy is actually speaking to us now. And so I just, I, I, I really feel um, we, we just want to let these words wash over us. And so I'm going to read them aloud. And maybe it's best to just close your eyes right now because I really, I really feel like God is speaking this to each of us for those who profess faith in Christ. Because I know he's speaking this to me. This is what he says. Dylan, my son, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. Because the Lord has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you 
to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and a release from darkness for the prisoners. Oh my God, you can surely do anything. And by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, may we embrace the words of Jude to snatch others from the fire and save them. I don't think I've come across any more of an evangelistic statement than that in the Bible. Love it. I just came across yesterday a quote by John Piper that says, not one life spent in the cause of world evangelism is spent in vain. So encouraging. It would be foolish of me to speak an entire message on evangelism and not evangelize. Jesus came down to this earth from heaven to take the sins of the world upon his shoulders. He nailed it to the cross. He paid for all the wrong that we have all committed and rose from the grave, defeating the power of death and sin that once enslaved us all. As one of my favorite pastors says, if you're going to reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, reject the real thing. We have all committed cosmic treason against the perfect and holy God. But because of his great mercy and kindness, he has sent his son Jesus to bear the wrath that was due to us. We all deserved eternity in hell. He would be just in giving us that. But now through Christ, we can have the gift of eternal life and of the Holy Spirit. I don't know why anyone would reject that. And just as Craig responded to the invitation of Romans 10, 9, so I now invite you also. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And uh, now we're gonna enter into a time of meditation and prayer so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to minister to each of us because he's the best at it. And so I'm gonna read through some prayers that uh, are actually from the Seek God for the City. And so if you would bow your heads. Oh God, empower your people to speak good news with such life that people are transformed. Place your spirit on us in the same way you put your spirit on your son, Jesus. Send us now to our own city and place, place us among the poor with words and deeds of freedom. Oh my God, we believe that you are pressing forward to peoples and places that have yet to see the demonstration of your kingdom with power. Do not overlook a single area of Anchorage. Spinard, Turnigan, Mountain View, Muldoon, Southside, Rogers Park, UAA, APU, Fairview, Downtown. Cause the love of your kingdom, God, to be displayed and declared everywhere. May we be faithful, Lord, in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ all the days of our lives with boldness. If you are feeling pressed this morning to call on the name of the Lord for the first time out of a heart of surrender, 
Oh, may you respond with eagerness and thankfulness. It is his kindness that leads us to repentance. If this is happening in your heart right now, I ask that you would raise your hand so I can pray a blessing over you. Father, only you, Lord, can open someone's eyes and heart. But oh, that you do, Lord, it's such a good news. God, we've all been transformed so much by your pursuit of us, Lord. And I pray that we just, we see that, Lord, and we're just so overwhelmed by your love, Father. And I just pray for people to respond to your call, Lord, to Go from death to life, Father. Thank you so much that your son Jesus is perfect in all of his ways. And Lord, that you are so merciful to us, Lord, when we deserve such wrath. Thank you, Jesus. And if, man, you desire a greater passion to evangelize, for wisdom on how to proclaim his name, for boldness to take risks, for a deeper grasp of your own sin, and a willingness to awaken the gifting you have been given through the Holy Spirit. Man, I would like to pray for you. So, man, would you take a stand and, and raise your hand to say, man, I want that. I want a deeper understanding of my own sin so I can go proclaim the good news. I want boldness to take risks. Yeah. Jesus. Lord, we're terrified. We're fearful. Only by the power of your Holy Spirit do we have the boldness to dare enter into the dark places of the heart. But Lord, I, I just pray for a, just a deepening and boldness, Father, in our church body here and just in the hearts here. And Lord, that we're okay with taking risks, Father, that we realize the, the gravity of sin. And Lord, may we be inspired by love, Father, to press in to the good news of Jesus Christ, Lord. And may we see remarkable things. May we just be blown away with awe and wonder, Father. You want to show us your glory, Lord. And may we not miss out on that. May we not live in apathetic faith, Father. I don't think there is such a thing. The Bible speaks no mentioning of that. But may we see that, man, you're worth it all, Lord. You're the true treasure, Father. <laughs> we consider all else rubbish compared to knowing you. So, Lord, may you just... Strengthen our hearts, Lord. Inspire us by the, the work of the cross. And may we go to the end, Father. May we go to the end and may we stand before you. Blameless, Lord, because of your son Jesus and his perfection. We just give you all the glory and praise, Lord. There's no one else who's worthy of it. Lord, we just ask for your kingdom to come as it is in heaven, Father, onto this earth. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.